if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, go for it, man. Everybody, this is Grandmaster J, Ice Cool Man times 10, Ice Man, J Dog, or just J, also known as Jarrett. Welcome to the Ice Cavern. Today, I have with me my buddy, Michael Kruger. Michael, welcome. Thank you, Jarrett. It's <laughs> great to be here, man. Sorry, uh, sorry it took so long. <laughs> just want to uh, make so I am coming in clear, right? Is it everything as good as it can be on this end? It's still a little quiet, but I took the headphones out. Okay. So unless it's something on your end. I don't know. Then... You know, it's funny. I can hear myself a little bit right before. Uh, I feel like it's like a, like a second delay before I could fully come in. But I'm trying to speak as clearly as possible and, and kind of, uh, you know, enunciate a lot better. It kind of, I mean, I have a lot to prove otherwise because of theater. So there's that. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, it should be good. Can you? Am I coming in clear on my side? Yeah, for sure. I'm just using my my phone's microphone. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, me too. All right. So I can hear you clearly. I hope. Uh, I mean, I'll definitely check over it uh, later on. But uh, so here we are. It being exactly pretty much one month in our little quarantine session. One month, I. Yeah, man, it, it seems like it feels like it's been a year, though. Like, there's literally nothing to do unless you're like me and you write. I've done a lot of writing. But other than that, you know, I haven't been working. I've been at home, rotting away in my bedroom Yeah, in front of my laptop. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, you've been uh, – it's been a struggle trying to – I've been trying to find stuff to do from home, like – Work-wise, yeah, there's really nothing out there. Oh, I know, and that's why uh, I think you can agree to this. And I think I talked to this about somebody else. Uh, films really difficult to get into when you can't exactly get out of the house and meet up and do these things that you want to do, just like with anything. An already very difficult industry to get into, only even more difficult. Yeah. So I want to. Uh, Actually, though, I do I do want to talk about this thing I've seen. Uh, do you have actors access? Yes, I do. So they some casting directors have been putting open calls out where you can actually submit your own like monologue or your own scene, or they'll give you a scene, and it's just like a normal audition. Except these casting directors will kind of look at it, and it's just a thing to meet new people. I think I've submitted to like three or four this week already. Uh-huh. Um, it's pretty good. It keeps me uh, keeps me on top of things, you know. Um, I'm still doing classes online at Actors Arsenal, so that helps. Yeah. And but as far as like actually doing anything, unless you have a camera and you're able to make something from your own house, you know, or you're able to write, there's not much to do. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I can definitely agree to that because. This is why I'm doing this now, because I can't find anything else, at least productive-wise, in terms of entertainment that I can do now that I used to do, or at least attempt to. Uh, like you said, uh, with Actors Access and Actors Arsenal, you know, you know, we used to do that. And this is exactly what I wanted to go into today, is kind of how we met and how we started to and meet all these uh, wonderful people at this <clears throat> establishment 
that being Ron and Megan and Ron's wife and um, all the people that were in the classes with us. Yep. The, it, it, it was a, it's a great class. It's a great school. Um, Megan was an amazing teacher. Ron's a great teacher as well. You know, um, a lot of the people there, I truly believe that the future of acting is going to come out of that school because there's just so much talent around here. And this is the acting school in our area. Um, our buddy Peyton Belcher, actually, she's on Outer Banks. That just released on Netflix a couple of days ago. If you haven't gotten a chance to check that out, I think she has a couple appearances throughout the first season. Yep, she definitely uh, worked hard to get there, for sure. She definitely did. She's really, really talented. Probably one of the most talented people I've met there through class. Oh, really? Just Yeah, I mean, even in the uh, intermediate class, which I'm in now, um, she's actually not doing this month. Haven't really talked to her about why, but you know, she was she was killing it. She was making beginners look easy, and she was making intermediate look easy. Wow, she's definitely got a future in the film industry, man. Yeah, for sure. I believe that about a lot of people that, especially I've interacted with. Of course, you, I say that about. And I will say, like, just day one, man. I remember it was June last year, and. When I walked in there, man, it was so quiet and awkward. <laughs> it took, <laughs> I it remember took that, like man. Minutes, a good solid couple of minutes for everyone to be like, "Oh, hi, my name is like." Oh, hey, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. Michael. Oh, hey, Michael, my name is Jarrett. Yeah, man, I still remember that day too. I remember you nailed the audition on your first try, and then I went in there and it took like four takes, and I was like, "I suck." No, I it's suck. all right, man. <laughs> no, little did I know, you know, that that's all part yeah. of it. But, uh, no, I just remember how intimidated I was my first time walking in there, you know, not knowing anyone, not knowing the experience of anyone else. I mean, it's a beginner class, but some of the people in the beginner class have been doing things outside of that for a long time. You know, like you, you were in school. Ariel, I don't think she joined up for a couple months, but she was in school yes. with you doing film. Um, and Peyton, like we mentioned, she was doing stand-ins on a couple of projects. So, you know, just all these people, you don't know their experience when you first walk in and it's really intimidating, but it's also part of the fun, you know? Oh yeah. Get to meet, get to meet all these great people. Um, are you going to be doing any of the online beginners classes during the, um, during the quarantine? Well, if uh, I have the money for it, <laughs> for sure, uh, I get that man. Do it. I, you know, I lost my job because of this thing, and uh, I've actually I've been really trying to look for something out there that provides enough, you know, step in the door to get where I want to be. And I feel obviously this entire world scenario has completely shaken up that idea. And a lot of people idea uh, people's ideas, because I I really feel bad that this is put, especially for performers. Really, this has really put a stent on people's passions and dreams. What have people who aren't literally like the creators, but actually rely on performing? Yeah, yeah. man. 
like you think about uh, the people that locally played here in town. You know, whatever that may be. Like I've I've been around bands and just solo artists and comedians and whatever in between, and we just stopped. Yeah, and I mean, it's one thing to be able to, uh, you know, post videos online, but if you were making money off of it and now you can't, you know, because of that, it really sucks. Yeah, A lot of my buddies who um, are in music, you know, they would get small little gigs here and there that were paid, you know, at local bars, and now the bars are closed, you know, they can't um, can't do anything because, I mean, that's how they made their money. Primarily, you know? Yeah. And I know as far as myself, I had like right before this thing happened, just gotten a job that was like the best job I could have ever had. I was making, I was making bank, man. <laughs> and I was having like three or four days off a week to be able to work on any film stuff that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and it got postponed because of what, it was and the whole virus and I'm just hoping it's still there when this whole thing ends, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I just feel bad for everyone else in that same position who just isn't working right now, isn't getting that paycheck and really has no other way of getting that paycheck, you know? Yeah, I know. It's, it's really, it's a struggle. It really is. It's, and people, there's always been, not to mention the whole debacle with, uh, the stimulus checks, a lot of people our age aren't going to get them because we're students and we're still dependents under our parents. Yeah. You know? And even I've looked into that also goes under how much we've made, especially I think last year and the year before. It's all based on taxes. That's all it is. It really is. It sucks. I saw this thing today that certain people – Certain, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but it still it still strikes a nerve because I saw that some millionaires will be getting stimulus checks of around a million dollars. <laughs> that people like that will get money, but then people like my friends and myself who are students or like people who work and live on their own in apartments and stuff like that won't be able to get $1,200 yeah. at the most because we don't qualify. You know? Yeah, I think that's something to be said about, you know, obviously this place we live in. And I've always imagined really a world where no matter where you came from, no matter what you've done, you should get help. I feel like that's the way things should go. And especially the, the system that we have in place. And of course, like they, they are trying. And I've said this before, like they are trying, they are doing their best, I believe, some people are, <laughs> you know, some people are doing their best. Others are doing questionable things, yes. but, you know, we're the ones who have to deal with that, oh, you know. Sure. And I know that's unfortunate how we're, you know, the basically it feels like we're lower class now because everyone's lost their income. The majority of us that are filing for unpl uh, unemployment. And, you know, what's funny, uh, I even read a, you want to talk about we're dealing with stuff that uh, – I feel like other people aren't, which is I've heard there are some people across certain states that are impersonating police officers. Are they really? Yeah. Like uh, just to what? To like get money from other people I, or like I don't just, know. Uh, I think it's mainly a power thing. Like it's mainly the checks that 
they're attempting to put in place like it's an actual road check. You know, they're stopping people. Oh. And it's only for power. Re- it's not even like no one said anything like, oh, they asked for money or you have to have a, a fare to get through the border or whatever. No, they just stop people just because they can. And policemen are finding this out. And they're like, well, that's we don't do that. <laughs> that's crazy, you know? man. And obviously there's I've heard so many messed up things about there's people forging uh, so many other things like masks that people are ripping off and um you know it's either like they're hoarding it or they're making false claims like they have these millions of masks but they don't they just get the money first and that's always the problem and you know people are always going to take advantage of other people especially in times of, of need which really really sucks but that's just the way it is, it is. man I guess the best way to avoid any of this stuff is to just stay home. You know, it doesn't matter if like beaches are starting to open up or people think we're quote unquote flattening the curve because the answer, the the truth is we really don't know because there's not enough testing in the United no. States. So I feel that at least until there's testing, um, we should have to stay home, which is a double-edged blade because if we stay home, we're not making money because we can't get back to work. Yeah. But if we get back to work and a lot of people start getting sick and dying, then, you know, that's worse. You know, we have to – that's what the whole talk is with the government. What's the greater of two evils? How are we going to do this? How are we going to make this work? Yeah, I really – I agree with you. I really do because it's, to me, tough. Like, you know, for me, like me and my mother both pretty much lost our jobs and my uh, my stepfather still is still going out there, and my father even still going out there with their companies. They're still open, but with that, you know, there is that still that risk of even if you do got to do what you got to do to earn and come home and survive, people out there might still have it. And the other, that's the scary part is we don't know who has it. Yeah, and you won't know for a long time. Like this thing people say will take up to two weeks for you to show symptoms, but you can still spread it. So like, I mean, what if you come, you're fine, you work, and then like your dad or your stepdad uh, brings it home and I mean, you get sick and you're fine, but then like your, your mom is diabetic or something and she ends up in the hospital and they didn't know, you know, stuff like that could... I mean that's that's why this disease is taking a taking a grip on other countries in Europe and it's starting to take grip on country on in states and cities here you know like New York City is in awful shape yes, right it now is. you know and it's not going to get better anytime soon the way the government's trying to treat it of course not as as a filmmaker though I can I can see six to eight months from now, once this thing ends, a whole collection of different movies and films based off of this thing coming out all at the <laughs> same time. Yeah. You know? And that's going to be crazy. And it's going to be unoriginal, but it's what people are going to be inspired You're saying about. like it's going to be its own genre of virus movies? 
yeah, like uh, science fiction based in reality. Oh, yeah. You know, or like a historical fiction. I, I could, it would technically be historical fiction at this point, you know, because it's something we're living through. I think it's really funny that you say that. And even I've even the movies that I've seen about, especially when it comes to specifically uh, turmoil and just hardship. And it, it blows my mind because those settings, like take, for instance, uh, you know, that movie, The Contagion, that that came out in 2011. And I saw that in theaters. And I was like, oh, man, yeah. like, I actually thought about that as a kid. I was like, oh, man, what would happen if we actually went through that? Well, it turns out a month in, we're demanding that we stop the lockdown. <laughs> yeah, like it, it. It's so it's such a weird scenario that people living today have never had to deal with. I mean, yeah, we had the the Spanish flu was when nineteen oh eight, something, sometime around there, that killed a lot yes. of people, but also people. I feel we're smarter back then, you know, and also travel was not as easy. Um, And I feel like when people realized this thing was spreading, even though it killed so many people, you know, they did what they had to do to stay home and stay out of, you know, out of the way. I mean, I don't know that for sure. I wasn't alive, but it just, I mean, clearly we as a species are here today. So obviously it didn't help us out. Um, and that's another thing, man, the flu, the Spanish flu, the swine flu, any flu, they've always been able to come up with a vaccine. And this thing is so difficult because we've never made vaccines for any sort of coronavirus because it's never been considered a threat. And then all of a sudden, you know, it is, and we have no vaccine to work off of. No, no, nothing, you know? And so, like, the fastest anyone's ever produced any sort of vaccine, you know, is being – is happening right now. We're, like, we're working really hard to do it. We're breaking all these records, but it'll still be another year or so before we can actually have something mass-produced, let alone if it works, you know. Yeah, I know, and obviously that's part of the uncertainty and the fear that we don't know how long for sure that we're going to deal with all this, and that's – what I've personally like me when I got my job laid off and I had to come home and really take in the news that we are actually going to start shutting things down across town and even the country. And then they're saying, okay, we got to send people home and stay there as much as you can. And even just days in people are like, uh, I need to, go back to it being normal. And I'm like, dude, this is the normal now. Okay. We're, yeah. I mean, I have friends who work at grocery stores. I used to work at Whole Foods, so I'm still in contact with a lot yeah. of those people. And the most common complaint is that there are these people who will just go shopping every day because they're bored, have nothing to wow. do. And like go around just roaming the aisles just pleasure shopping you know yeah and then people are still going to beaches when they can you know certain beaches are closed certain beaches only have their parking lots closed um i saw an article that florida is opening up its beaches tomorrow oh wow (laughs) 
which is like it's why would you why would you do that what what's the point well i think for us because i don't know if you heard this but Wrightsville beach is talking about opening up and yeah it's the same thing i mean to me it is the idea that people are too bored quite frankly and they don't know how to deal with this so they're just saying ah just give us one thing and We'll go just do that and then come back home because honestly, I think I think what needs to happen is one of these companies like Netflix or Hulu needs to just like offer free subscriptions so that people will stay in their homes and binge watch stuff. Or, you know, like my uh, we have a PlayStation at my house and the PlayStation store is offering like certain games like at half off and certain games are free. I just um, downloaded the first three games of the Uncharted series for free wow. today. So, you know, companies that are, can do stuff like that need to take advantage of it. And yeah, you're going to take a hit. You're going to lose some money, but people are going to stay home, you know? Yeah. And also, you know, I think another thing that businesses should do, all of these restaurants have, uh, curbside pickup which is great but i don't think they should have it i think they should just have uh people who do like delivery apps like postmates or doordash to be able to come pick it up and then you just have to pay a tip for the restaurant and for the person delivering because the people delivering might not have a job and if you're working at the restaurant you're still making money you know you're still gonna get tipped through the app yeah but now people will have to order through the app so that the people delivering it will make money. You yeah, know? for sure. That's a good way to look at it. But, I mean, I'm not in charge, and I have no say over it. So That's all right. You can always voice yourself, and hopefully people can start to take your advice. I mean, I've seen you already in the past month pretty much demand <laughs> that people you know stay home because people just – they're not used to that, I think. You know, the majority – mass majority of people – are always used to just okay. What, what, where are we going? What are we doing next? It involves leaving the house. It's always something else. Seriously, I, it, it makes it it blows my mind. Like, I mean, yes, I more than anything would love to go out and start working on my next film, but I'm stuck at home. You know what? Uh, if you have a guitar, there's this website called Fender.com. They're offering three months of free guitar lessons. There you go. Um. You can uh, you can learn to play the guitar. You can like like I said, find a video game, download it for free or like half off. You can watch something like I. In the world of like social technology, where we have social media and we have like Zoom, but then we also have all of this other cool stuff like video game consoles and stuff. I don't see how hard it is for people to be entertained at home. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's just it's difficult because I can definitely safely say that for someone like me, who I'll go ahead and admit is mainly introverted throughout my life, and that's not always a bad thing. But you know, people always try to encourage you, like, "Oh yeah, you want to go out, be social, try to have a yeah. life," because like your life's kind of terrible like this. And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's a great way to look at it," but <laughs> but you know, in times like this. It's kind of 
a good thing to be an introvert because number one, yeah, it's the same. Nothing. Yeah, changes. number one, it's safer for everyone else's and yourself's safety because this is what has to happen. Man, I'm the same way. I mean, even though I do all this film stuff, I mean, when I'm not working like in the field and at film or at work, usually I'm at home. If I go hang out with a friend, it's not like at the club or something. It's, you know, like at their house or at my house, you know, not a super like out, go out and do this and do that kind of person. I'm kind of, like you said, an introvert as well. And I don't mind admitting it, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy in my house, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because that's just the way it has to be right now. And obviously a lot of people would probably disagree with this, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that would say, yeah, because you want to talk about grand scheme of things, which is if people continue to go out at least in large groups, you take grocery stores, for instance, that's a lot of people daily. Yeah. You know? And there's people without masks even. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's 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 bad, man. I, know. I mean, people are just going to have to learn how to stay home. And the thing that sucks is that so many content creators like us can't like can't like go make our films or do stuff like that. I mean, we can do certain things like the podcast and stuff like yeah. that or we can make like YouTube videos, but like there are going to be there aren't going to be any movies, you know, being made and updated to Netflix and stuff like that. So pretty soon people are going to get bored with the content that's already out there and there won't be more being made unless it's being made like remotely, like maybe like I could see like cartoons like maybe Big Mouth or something like that continue to be made because they could just animate it and then record it from their house. Yeah. But Stuff like, I don't know, if you watch All-American or anything like that, but like live action stuff, unless the season's already made, you can't really like release it, you know, or make anything. Yeah. And so people are going to get bored with what there is, and that's going to drive them to go out more. And I mean, I'm very optimistic that this thing will find a clear ending at some point in the next year and a half or so. Yeah. Like within the next year and a half could be sooner, could be just around there. And I mean, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to be waiting for it. And I'm hoping that there will be a job there for me when I'm done, but I'm optimistic that this will end and it will make us smarter, make us more prepared for when the next thing comes, you know? Yeah. I'd sure hope so, because we definitely weren't prepared at all, and we even doubted it that it was even out there, or it was a joke. I I love how the the president said that this thing was all going to vanish like like magic. Well, at one point, we're still waiting for it. Still waiting for it to disappear. Ah, uh, maybe maybe he meant you can't see it, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, because it's molecular. <laughs> yeah, you you can't. It will vanish before your eyes. You will not be able to see it. Only uh-huh. feel it when it infects you and kills you slowly from the inside out. <laughs> That's another thing about 
you and I that I found to be very similar was day one was we, we both admitted that we are extremely dark when it comes to our sense of humor. Oh, yes. I have – we both have among the darkest sense of humors in people that I've met, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Because I can joke about things that I probably couldn't joke about with other people. But I can say it to someone like you, and you'll appreciate it, and you'll laugh, and you'll love it. Um, and, you know, it's great to have people like that because a lot of people like us get misunderstood for being, like, weird or mean or creepy. And, no, that's just our sense of humor, you know? Yeah, that's the way we look at things. I think, honestly, some of the best comedians out there are able to look at things like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, with this new project that I'm writing, actually, I've centered a lot of it around that really, really dark humor. Um, and I'm hoping once this thing ends, I can get the ball rolling with that. But it is a, uh, it's a comedy parody of the movie Trick or Treat, if you've ever seen that. Yeah, I've kind of seen it, yeah. Um, it, it doesn't parody the – it's not a parody as in like some parodies where it has the same story and just makes it funny. But it's a, it's a parody of it where it is a collection of quote-unquote scary things happening in the same timeline throughout the day. Except it has like a dark humorous twist to it, you know. Each story is original and different. And I had a lot of fun writing the first draft, so. Oh, yeah. You can be ready for a, a lot of dark humor with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely, I always expect that from you, man. You've had some very, very interesting things to talk about and say when it comes to your content. And I'm always looking forward to it. And we've had, I believe, a really good time shooting the last thing that I may, you know, I did joke where I said, that's the last ever that's the last ever thing that humans are ever going to make. <laughs> yeah. Find that a hundred years later. <laughs> They're going to be like, a, the cities are going to be in ruins and there's going to be like skeletons everywhere. And they're going to find that video and it's going to be the last made thing. <laughs> uh, by the way, if, if any of these viewers have, or listeners haven't checked it out, they really should. It's really, really funny. It's called, off of the camera with Andy Smith, an interview with the celebrity leprechaun, and it's on YouTube. And it's got a really long name because I don't give a crap, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted to call it, so I called it that. Yep. Uh, Jarrett was in it. I directed it. We had our friend Jacob Jordan, really good actor. We had Ben Hart, really good actor. Uh, we filmed it with our buddy Anthony Gabriel. Really, really good crew he put together. Um, and it turned out great. You know, it's a nice little short, I would say, I would say it's like a, uh, a sketch. Yeah. Almost. It's not quite long enough to be considered like a short film, like a, a movie or anything like that. You know, it's more of a sketch, but it's still a lot. It was a lot of fun to make, you know? No. Yeah. That was definitely the best part for me. And I mean, even seeing it and especially when ben came on he's smiling doing his little dance man when i was going through those photos at the end with anthony that you ben and anthony took 
I was dying. Man. Like those were great. Yeah. And like the little like clips that we used in the intro. <laughs> it was fun. It was really fun. Yeah, um, man. So it was. It was definitely. If that was the last project, then it was worth it. You know. <laughs> it was. It really was. I I can't sit here and say oh, I wasted a day. It was a lot of fun. I know. And what's funny is that was literally. I believe a week before the announcement came. <laughs> I think it got released to it, was... it got released on St. Patrick's Day, which was like two yeah. days after everything started. Yeah. <laughs> so and we literally we, we filmed it on the tenth. So like five days. Yeah, somewhere around there. Something like that. That's that's funny. <laughs> So yeah, glad to be able to put that thing out there, and we got we pretty much did that, which seemed like last minute before we had all these restrictions and orders going to place. But still well, worth if it. You want, if you want me to be completely honest, I kind of well, first of all, I wanted to release it on St. Patrick's Day, but second, I I kind of had a feeling that this thing was going to blow up. Yeah, here in America. And I felt that if I shot it any later than the 10th or the 11th, we would have to stay home and I wouldn't get to shoot it. So that's why I did it on the 10th, you know. Okay. <laughs> so that's why. Because, okay. like, if I had said, like, the 13th and then on the 12th they closed down, the, they quarantined everyone. Even if we were all healthy, you know, we still wouldn't be able to. Yes. We had. I mean, that, that's still – it was quite a bit of people just in that one room. I think we had, we had like eight or nine people in there. Yeah, um, there was you, myself, Ben, Jacob, Brandon, Cody, Anthony, and Mackenzie. So that's eight people. Yeah, in a in a tiny, tiny, like really small apartment building. Oh yeah, which also was last minute. Yeah. Originally, we were going to shoot that thing at a library, like in a conference room at the library. I feel like – And I'm so glad that didn't I know. Happen. We probably would have gotten arrested for the CO2 cannon, if that's what I would call that. If no, oh, yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think we would have had that. No, of course not. We would have had to stick with the original, the original ending, which wasn't bad. But the ending that you see, if you're watching it, is actually a comp- – a completely uh, improv ending. Yes. With props that we found at the apartment. So, yeah. <laughs> and in editing, I decided I liked it better. So, shows what some improv can do. You you always shoot everything. I'm I'm someone who always likes to shoot. If not every idea we have, most of the ideas we have on the spot, like improv ideas. Because you just never know what goals you'll find, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's really, I mean, that's the beauty of filmmaking and art is that you want to try everything. When, Especially when you have a goal in mind, try out every angle, try out every idea. I mean, especially, obviously, you do have a time frame, but we did have the time to do that because that only took us a couple hours. Well, I think what helped is originally it was going to be shot with one camera. But Brandon, the uh, the gaffer and the owner of the apartment building, uh, was able to come up with a second camera. So we had two cameras. We were able to knock off 
two of the three shots every take. So instead of doing three takes for every scene, we would only have to do two or sometimes one if we only needed two angles, Yeah, you know? Which it was great. So, it really was. Yeah, I mean, people were worried about being out of there by one, and we started at, what, eight? Yeah. And we were out of there by, like, 11. I know, it was really fast. 30, maybe. <laughs> Uh, that was that was a fun time. That was a good time. I'm kind of hoping to bring some of the same crew back, or most of the same crew back on this next project. Yeah. Um. It'll be the first project for my new my new um, my new production company. Yes. Kruger Kruger Entertainment. Kruger Entertainment. Kruger for my last name, but uh. I'm going to try and find a small budget, shoot it, and sell it, you know? Yeah. I think if I can find the right actors and have the right people on the crew, then with a budget of no more than three or four grand, I can easily shoot this the way I want to, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. And most of that money in budget would just go to, like, paying the people working on it. So... It's it's like it's easy. It doesn't have a lot of props. I'm gonna rely on people to use like their own Halloween costumes and decorations and stuff like that. Halloween decorations. <laughs> it's based on it takes it takes place on Halloween Day. Right. Um kind of like trick or treat. Yeah. It's it's pretty out there, man. I bet it is. I mean film is so it's like why not you got to go out there and that's the extreme of yeah that. and hey i know my audience it's people like us yeah people like me you and anyone really who just likes to laugh at the expense of other people <laughs> laugh at dark <laughs> stuff happening yeah. <laughs> i mean I was I was sitting there. I was sitting there finishing the script. I wrote the end and I was like I actually had to sit for a second and think is this too morbid? <laughs> and then I was like nah, it's nah. <laughs> it'll it'll be okay. That's great. So, yeah. I mean, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I'm very looking forward to it and I hope you know the people that we can create a little bit of a following with all your work that we'll definitely look forward to it. I mean, we've all got to start somewhere. I'm just, my, my goal is to get to the top and bring everyone who's willing to work with me and, you know, bring them with me. You know, I'm, I'm someone who loves to give people opportunities, people who might not necessarily have the experience, but that are dedicated good at what they do have a good attitude and I'm always willing to bring people to the top. I think Jarrett will uh, be the first to agree that even in actors class, I tend to take people under my wing a lot, you know, like Andrea and beginners and then um, Mackenzie, who you weren't in class with, but she was in the short film kind of just take these people under my wing and kind of, you know, help them out kind of, try and bring the best out of them, you know? Yeah, man, for sure. And that's definitely something to be said about you 
as a person, even with all the dark humor. That's really <laughs> that shows that you're actually a good guy. You actually do care about getting us there. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I'm not going to tell you. I promise there's no ulterior motive here. I promise. There is no hacksaw waiting in the garage. I mean, there's no cake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, everybody. Did you uh, did you drink your coffee? Um, no, there's nothing in it. I just, you know, wanted to make sure everyone had some coffee. <laughs> hey, Jim's uh. joined them. <laughs> <laughs> uh don't drink the coffee kool-aid what no uh <laughs> i'd make cosby proud <laughs> i don't know if you can actually put that on your uh, uh but... <laughs> you know it's it's funny when you talk about comedians and even though he was not a dark person all he did was talk about family and then of course what happened with him happened i have told anybody anybody i will show his comedy to my grandchildren Oh yeah. He was, he was a funny family dude. You know, he was, he was PG for most of his stuff. He was lovable. His family was lovable, but he was secretly, you know, drugging and taking advantage of women. (laughs) (laughs) That's just sometimes that's the way it happens. And I mean, I could expect Louis CK to you know have some sort of a scandal about him but yes. you wouldn't expect bill cosby to i guess that's kind of bill used that to his advantage you know i guess oh, I, you oh. can come have a drink with me i'm just a nice sweet loving father oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> uh i hope i don't get a call buddy <laughs> I heard your podcast, and uh, I don't appreciate this talk of Cosby. See, he's a really big Cosby follower. Uh, he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like slandering the name of Cosby. Oh uh, no, <laughs> poor buddy. Yeah, I know. Poor him. I'm sorry. Sorry, not ruin really. one guy's life. Sorry, um, <laughs> uh, Mike. If that's everything, uh, I don't know if it's, if it's anything else you want to cover or say about uh, anything else that you'd like to cover. I will. I will reiterate. Um, just a a quick shout out to the video Jarrett and I and my buddies made off of the camera with Andy Smith, an interview with a celebrity celebrity leprechaun, which you can find on YouTube. Definitely worth the thirteen minute watch. And also, guys, just keep an eye open for Kruger Entertainment. I'm gonna start producing a lot of stuff as soon as this. Uh, as soon as this pandemic ends, you know, I'm definitely got plenty of time to write the content and definitely have the drive to shoot it once it's over. So thank you. Thank you for having me today, man. Yes, sir. But you know, yes, sir. of course, I had a great time. Yeah, man. It's always good to have you and always welcome back. If you want to talk about anything else? I know mainly this whole time we've just said everything's terrible, but other than that yeah obviously i mean come on it is I, well i mean if you want to be that brutally honest but <laughs> uh i mean do you think Anne frank thought she was having a good life no she probably like in her head was complaining the whole time well yeah i mean it's possible if you actually i don't know if you have her diary but maybe that's well that. you know people can lie <laughs> in writing as well as words i, I know <laughs> 
Oh, gee. It's okay. I can make that joke. I'm Jewish. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Oh, my God. I should probably go before I before I uh, ruin your podcast and get you kicked off. Uh, we just got it started. Um, so. <laughs> all right, man. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm always willing to come back anytime, man. Just let me know. Will do. All right. Well, everybody, this has been Ice Cavern with Grandmaster J, Ice Cool Man, Times 10 Ice Man. J-Dog, also known as Jarrett or Jay. I don't have a script. As I said, good night, everybody.